0: Cutco is how I've done my entire life. I'm a fan of showing up. If you keep showing up, success happens. I'm like the duck on top of water. I am go, 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 and I somehow find a way to get it all done. It's not always pretty, but I get it done. I get the job done, and I usually do it really well. I never expected 2020 to happen and go the way that it did. Throughout 2020, there's been a lot of loss, but there has been 10 times more that I'm grateful for. In my life, I believe that blessings flow. I show up every day, but the good Lord has blessed me and I am so grateful for that.
1: That's the voice of Chelsea Rodriguez, who is herself a blessing to the entire Cutco Vector community. Chelsea's start with Cutco was a truly transformational moment as it started a process which has led her to be living her best life now. Through working hard, Growing her skills and building relationships, Chelsea has become an all-time great Cutco sales professional. And when the pandemic of 2020 struck, Chelsea showed up in the strongest way possible. She's fifth in the company in sales for 2020, and she's leading and inspiring legions of others to show up and become the best version of themselves. With Chelsea's spirit, blessings always overcome challenges. Get ready to think, to laugh, and to be inspired. I'm proud to introduce Chelsea Rodriguez. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector Experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm fired up today about my guest, Chelsea Rodriguez is with us here today. She has been in the company since 2009 in Cutco Vector. Uh, started out in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Roll Tide! Uh, was going to school at University of Alabama at that time. Uh, she has also worked with uh, the company in Little Rock and in Memphis, uh, most notably with Mark Bullard, uh, where she was helping him out in his pilot office for a while. And after that, Chelsea became a full-time Cutco sales professional. She ultimately relocated to Dallas, Texas in 2014. And over the last five years or so, Chelsea has been one of the truly elite Cutco sales professionals in the company, sold over $700,000 last year, already well over $600,000 here this year in 2020. And definitely has a lot of great information to share. I'm really excited about this, Chelsea. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thank you for having me. I don't know, Dan, do I get to be the, the most Southern like accent you've ever had on the podcast? Please say yes.
1: Well, Chelsea, I've had Mark Bullard. So what does that say?
0: No, he's not as cute as me. No, <laughs> no. His, his voice is southern but mine's like a cuter southern it's totally different you know realm so it
1: is it is a different realm (laughs) and i'm sure there will be people listening just because of your southern accent so on that note chelsea tell us a little bit about your background i want to know a little bit about you uh before cutco and just some of the things that have helped uh shape you into who you are
0: well uh interesting facts one of my favorite facts to share with people if uh, they don't know me personally is that I have an identical twin sister. So there's actually two of me. Um, I love sharing that fact because personal background, you know, it, it does add, I guess, a unique factor. Maybe yeah. that I have someone that is identical to me. Now she did try selling knives for a short stint. Uh, her name is Mallory. She still lives in Alabama. And I think she, uh, she lasted for two weeks, you know, she was one of the good ones. So (laughs) she, she said, you took all the easy customers because I had started like three or four months before her. She was a personal recruit of my own. And i was like, come on, come sell knives. It'll be fun. We'll do this together like everything else in our life. And it just wasn't her thing. But I have a twin sister. That is something I'm I'm proud to be able to say. And um, she is my best friend. Got two parents back in Alabama, good old country folk, I call them. (laughs) They're very simple, hardworking people, um, fun people. I do have fun parents. Uh, Our house was a lot of fun to grow up in. And we invited lots of friends over until my sister and I started dating. Can you imagine having twin daughters dating like at 16?
2: Oh, no, no. And, uh,
0: and, and imagine that you were a Marine that had like 18 guns, you know? So, <laughs> wait a minute. Maybe this was worse for me now that I think about it than it was for him. So you know? your,
1: da- your dad was uh, a U.S. Marine?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, you could say was, I actually like to say that he is a Marine. Once a Marine always, Marine, always
1: a Marine. That's true. Yep.
0: Uh, Dan, exactly. there's a funny, there's a funny joke that, that lots of uh, Marine families like to say. Do you know how to tell if someone's a Marine? No. Don't worry. They'll tell you.
1: <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah. does happen. I, and I can relate to that with a couple of people. I know that they like to make it clear that, uh, they're part of that club.
0: Yeah. So I, I have a twin sister. I have an older brother as well, who I would like to say that, you know, my brother was a leader for all of us kids. Um, he was the one that showed us what not to do um, when it came to Marine Dad. And uh, appreciative of my brother for that. My brother also Ooh. took up for my my sister and I a lot in high school, if anybody was picking at us on the school bus yeah. or whatever. And uh, that brother has bought lots of Cutco for me. As a matter of fact, yesterday messaged me and said, I need a hunting knife. For Christmas. And, <laughs> and then I have a baby sister. She was a surprise. We say that she keeps my mom and my dad young. And uh, I was 10 years old when she was born. So um, there's an age gap there, but she is the sweetest of all of us. Maybe it's because she's the most spoiled of all of us. I don't know. But oh. little Tori, we love her. She keeps all of us young. And then my mom. Yeah. So it's a family of six. My mom is... I People say that I am a replica of her. Every age that I hit... If you look back at pictures and photos of my mom when she was my age, I look just like her. I act just like her. I talk just like her. I'm a little quirky just like her, but she's so fun and she's she has this gift of gab that she gave to me, but also this gift of connection that she gave to me. I get that from my mom and uh, that's kind of what I came from. I'd say I get my tenacity, my intention, my integrity, all of those, I guess strong, do what you say you're going to do, you know, characteristics from my dad who's a marine. I get my love of people from my mom.
1: Well, that's a great combination. Yeah, that's cool to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Tell us uh, how you got started with Cutco.
0: Wow. I probably have one of the craziest start stories of Cutco. I bet you hear that a lot. Do you hear that a lot?
2: <laughs> I hear some interesting stories I bet, for sure.
0: I promise you, you've never heard this, this type of story, Dan. All I right, well, let's hear you. it. It is so unique and so different. So I dated a guy back to the whole right dating guys and bringing them home to the dad that has 18 guns that's a marine stuck in his ways very scary guy my dad not really got him wrapped around my finger but scary to the guys for sure there was a guy I dated his name was Nick and Nick and I knew each other through mutual friends in Alabama we went on three or four dates it didn't really last long I think we talked for about three or four months and then six months goes by and I get a random phone call the day after Christmas in 2008, I remember the day, it was December 26th, 2008. And the girl signed me up for an interview to show kitchen stuff faster than I knew what was happening because I, I just said, sure, I'll, I'll show up in two days. So I went into the interview on December 28th, 2008, a day that changed my life, right? Most people don't think that an interview changes their life, but it did mine. And uh, I went to the interview and I remember looking around at the walls and going, what is this? Like posters on the wall, green funky carpet. What is this place? i had never seen a business like that before. It was so unique. It looked so positive. There were like goals on the wall and the manager was really fun and upbeat and there was music playing. But I looked around and was in a group interview and they started cutting the rope and cutting the leather and cutting the penny. And I was like, whoa, this product is like really cool. They interview everyone else before me because it was a group interview, and the manager takes me back last. And I'm like, wow! I'm like, I'm like sweating bullets here, Dan. And then he gives me the job. Yay! I'm going to sell knives. This is going to be awesome. I know so many people in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I need to pay for school. And he says, "All right, well, I'm have you come to training tomorrow, Friday and Saturday." And I'm like, "Nope, can't do it." And so then he says, "All right, well, we'll have you come next week." And so I said. Nope, can't do it. And he's like, What do you have going on? I said, Well, I don't know if Nick told you or not, but I have three jobs. I'm full time in school. This would be my fourth part time job. And I'm working out twice a day because I'm training for the Miss University of Alabama beauty pageant. And I don't have time to add another thing to my plate right now. He's like, Well, it's time off from school. You've got all the time in the world. We're hiring summer work. And I said, Nope. I can come this weekend. And I scheduled myself for training four weeks out. I said, yep, that weekend works for me. I could do that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's not normal knowing what I know now, be, having done management with Cutco, but also sales. It's not normal for a rep to schedule themselves for the training that works for them.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: But I just knew my schedule. And you, know, you fast forward 10 years, I've been in the company now more than 10 years and my schedule is the king. Schedule is the king. If it's yeah. not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. And so I just said I'm not available that week, that week, that week. And so I ended up asking off Dan from another job that paid me $750 an hour, 20 hours a week was the max. I begged them for more hours. I begged them for more pay. They wouldn't do it because I was a student. And I'm like, What? Like you and I both know that I work harder than most of these people that are on full time salary give me more hours, give me more time. And they wouldn't do it because I was a student. And so I asked off two days of that job, which lost me like an extra $150 in a college student's pocket. I go to training for the weekend. Four weeks later, I've not talked to them. I go to training. I knock on the the door for Vector Marketing and Cutco. Door is locked. Lights are off. No one is there. Oh no. I was like, wait, what? So what do you think I did, Dan? I don't know. What did you do? I did what most people would do. I got in my car and I left and I was mad. And I called all my friends and family and said, it's a scam. They got all my info. There's no one to train me or whatever. I'm just kidding. I didn't really do that. (laughs) I actually pulled out my notes from my interview. I pulled out my notes from my interview. During my interview, I took notes of everything, including every single assistant manager's name and phone number that was on the whiteboard. I called Mike Arrieta. Remember that name? Of course. I called David Plummer. I called my guy that, that recommended me the job, Nick. I called Ryan Huggins, who was my original manager, who right. I scheduled my training with. And I called all of them, and no one answered because they were all at year in banquet celebrating the previous year in Dallas, Texas, where oh, I live now. Oh,
1: that's right. And then they got on
0: the phone with me and basically was like, oh no, you were supposed to come next weekend. And I'm like, nope, that's not what the calendar says. The calendar says I was supposed to be there today. Vector time, 15 minutes early. And I am that anomaly, Dan. I had every excuse in the book to not show up to training, to not come actually do this job and show up. But for me, How I started Cutco is how I've done my entire life. I'm a fan of showing up. If you keep showing up, success happens. It doesn't mean every day is pretty, but I had so many reasons why I should not be selling knives, from parents throwing away the letters that were sent to them years ago, to all the jobs I was working, to asking for the time off just to go to training, to not being able to do training when they wanted me to, to they didn't even accidentally have me in the system. I was never scheduled for training in their system. But because I wrote the phone numbers down and I knew I was going to show up, I'm here today. Wow. Yeah, So
1: cool. So, so cool. I
0: know that's a long story, but I don't think that, anybody else has that story.
1: No. And the path could easily have gone a different direction for you. And you, when you think about all of you, what you've you know, accomplished and what you've been through and how your life has been affected since that you know, that, that moment, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible to think about. It could have, it uh, could have been all for not.
0: I could be doing some other job that's not as quirky as selling knives <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and working with people that are not nearly as cool as the people that you've been able to work with
0: or not as sharp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's uh, amazing. Go. That's how I
0: started Cutco.
1: Yeah. What do you feel like were some of the lessons from your, your early days with the company?
0: A lot of it started as work hard and have fun. Mm-hmm. And I had never had a job, Dan, that truly rewarded me for what I was worth. Vector and selling Cutco was the first opportunity I'd had in my life where I, was, I felt respected for what I brought to the table. And I was also paid more mm-hmm. um, because I worked hard. So that would been that would have been probably one of the first lessons I learned with Cutco. And then the have fun part, um, I'd never had a job that was just so much fun that I created so many friendships in that even when you went home at night, you still want to talk about Cutco with your colleagues. And you just love what you do so much that there's joy in it. A lot of my jobs that I had when I was in school was the front desk receptionist at the University of Alabama I was the first face or the first voice that families would see when they came to visit the University of Alabama. And I didn't take that lightly. I knew it was important, but I dealt with so many mad moms because we didn't get their kids ACT scores to get them admitted on time. And I'm thinking while I'm talking to mom, why are you calling on little Susie's behalf? Why is Susie not calling saying, did you get my test scores? And for me, when I look at vector, that's the beauty in it. I I would say the biggest lesson, not just the work hard and have fun is, is, is vector and and selling Cutco teaches people ownership. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you reap what you sow and it teaches skills for life that you don't get from just going to college or working at the Dairy Queen or wherever. And I'm not saying any job is bad. I think it's great for people to work hard at whatever they do. So I don't want that to be misconstrued. I just, what I think is important to note is that when you're in a position like we're in, it doesn't matter if you're selling Cutco or selling something else. When you focus on that growth, it allows you to have full ownership of the good, the bad and the ugly, if that makes sense.
1: Indeed, it sure does. It sure does. And, and and I think that people learn that through a, a job like working in Vector in large part because we're paid based on our results. It's a commission-based pay program. You ultimately have to take ownership of your own work ethic, of your own skill level, uh, if you want to become great at this job. When asking people a little bit about you in preparation for this, uh, the concept that you have a fierce work ethic came up and that that's something that you've always had. And when you bring that to vector and then you combine it with an ability to become skilled at what you're doing, that's where the doors of opportunity completely open up in, in any uh, role, in any facet of vector. Combining that work ethic with a high skill level just creates lots of opportunities for people. And it's cool to see that you have just duck your foot through that door of opportunity and really made the most of it over over your years with us. It's pretty cool to see. Thank you. Now, is it accurate that Jennifer Bullard, who is now Jennifer Bullard, was yes. the assist. she wasn't Jennifer Bullard back then, but the, she was the assistant manager in your office that kind of helped you in the early stages of, uh, of working with us. Is, that, is yes. that correct?
0: So Jennifer was training to become a manager, to go out and run her own office that summer. So when I went through training first weekend of February, right, like interviewed December 28th trained February 1st. Jennifer did the first two days of my training, along with the assistance of the lead manager, Ryan Huggins. And what's funny is I had no idea that we were the same age. She was so professional and she taught me a lot.
1: Oh, that's so cool to hear. That is interesting. So you got to work with her, you got to work with Ryan Huggins in those Mm -hmm. early days. And then ultimately, uh, you ended up working closely with Mark Bullard when he was in Memphis. Is that right?
0: Yes. Yes. Mark is OG for me. Can I say OG on this? You can. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if everybody listening knows what OG means. We're talking original gangster. I mean, he does live in Memphis, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he's from Jackson originally. Yeah, that Uh, is true.
0: Have you been to Jackson? There's some OGs down there too. (laughs)
1: No, I, I have never been to Jackson, nor have I been to Memphis. I've been to Birmingham.
0: Uh, I like Birmingham, um,
1: but uh, I've never been to Jackson or Memphis. To tell you the truth, uh, you gotta get
0: over to Memphis, uh, man. It's <laughs> that that tri-state area, best barbecue ever.
1: Love yeah, I it. bet, I bet. I know you had management experience in working with Mark, and how do you feel yeah. that helped you to become better as a salesperson, as a sales leader?
0: Oh, for sure. I I tell people all of the time. I have younger. Um, Up and comers in in Vector that asked me what my thoughts are on the branch opportunity and going DM um, DM's district manager and I believe that I am the CSP and the salesperson that I am today because I had a two year process is what I call it in management. Um, Mm -hmm. I went the management track. I was thinking that might be you know my future, and uh, Mark was instrumental in that. Mark was someone who recognized my. Um, input. He recognized my leadership. He recognized just the style of how I do things. And Mark continued to love on me and create a relationship that was solid. Even when I was in Alabama as a senior selling Cutco part-time, just trying to graduate, Mark was living in Memphis and also Jackson before that continuing to um, support me and um, Mm -hmm. teach me the things that I needed to know along the management track. Um, So much so that when I was a senior and I had one foot out the door of Cutco, um, one foot out the door, I simply uh, thought I was going to go work with ESPN and uh, go into sports, uh, sports news broadcasting. And I thought that's what I went to school for. That's what I wanted to do. But, you know, I I actually could not leave Cutco. And one of the reasons I was not ready to leave Cutco because Mark was reaching out even though I was interviewing other companies and wondering if I was going to go do something else, he continued to love on me and support me and convince me to move to Memphis and leave my hometown of Alabama and essentially wanted me to be his right-hand woman. So he had me come up to be his main sales manager for a year, year and a half almost. I worked with him and helped him have, at that point, his best summer of his career and his best year of his career. Now, I think he's broken through some of those barriers since then. That was a long time ago. But Mark and I, we go way back. We have a lot of memories together.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm grateful to hear you describe how your management experience has helped make you a better sales rep, has helped make you a better leader. I know that you're not just out there selling on your own. You are also leading teams within the Texoma division you're helping other reps, you're influencing people all throughout the Southwest region and beyond. And so it's great to see that you're, you know you're, the, the leadership ability that you honed during that time with Mark has, has really helped you to facilitate those other roles you've played since then.
0: Yeah, I I am a better salesperson because I was a manager and I was a better manager because while I was managing, I also had myself in the sales saddle. The way I saw it was, how is Johnny Rep going to believe anything that I have to say or teach him unless I'm doing it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the leadership style I've always had. Um, if you fast forward to the Southwest region, we call ourselves the Southwest region, just so you know, Dan South best That's some uh, shout out for my peeps. But we uh, we go to military bases now, and we set up uh, events, and we sell Cutco, an American-made product, to our armed forces and military, which is beautiful for someone like me because the apple didn't fall far from the tree. I'm so proud of my dad. I love that he you know served our country, wore the uniform as a Marine in the '80s, and now I get to serve other families that you know are like my dad. While selling knives, though, I'm also managing a team of other sales reps some people think, oh, management's easy. You just collect a commission off of everything they sell. Um, have you ever tried managing multiple personalities, Dan, <laughs> all at once?
1: Yeah, well, I have, of course, but I don't, not yeah. of you
0: it's, it's not always the easiest. And you have to make hard decisions and decisions that sometimes don't make everyone win, but you try to find the decisions as a manager that make it as much of a win-win-win for all involved and uh, benefit the majority. So... I would say that, yes. Time with Mark Buller, time in management, it's definitely helped me be a better coordinator and uh, um, having a manager role today.
1: Yeah, well, that's cool to hear. So um, over the years, as I've mentioned, you became one of the top reps in the company. I mean, just kind of looking at your, your annual statistics here, Right, you sold 225000 in 2014, 310000 in 2015 then 423 424 585 and then 722,000 in 2019. So that is an epic run. You're approaching 4 million dollars in career sales. You are literally one of the top uh Cutco sales professionals in the organization. And now 2020 rolls around and much of what we were planning on doing this year was turned upside down. In early March. According to John Kane and according to Loretta DiCiano, no one in the company has shown up stronger or better or faster than you did among our CSP ranks. You're in a very small group, handful uh, that have really, really stepped up in 2020. What was your mindset as this year began unfolding and the, the pandemic came our way?
0: Someone asked me one time, they said, if you had to describe 2020, how would you describe it? And the first thing that came to mind was 2020 got her panties and a wad. All right. That's some Southern redneck or country, you know, lingo for you guys. (laughs) I'm thinking about my grandma right now. Hold on one second. Okay. I never expected 2020 to happen and go the way that it did from being a pandemic to a lot of the things that we've lost and also to my success that I've had. Um, the success I've had this year, all those success is something that I always crave and I want and I go after. I'm actually not experiencing the year that I set forth to experience. I sat down with all of my managers, um, my leaders around my business this year, and I told them, I said, listen, 722 grand last year is my best year ever. To get those results, I worked really, really hard. And I'm not sure that 2020, that's aligning for me. Mm-hmm. I want to work hard. I'm not going to like necessarily just not show up. I'm going to continue to show up. But right now I have different priorities in 2020, like my my family and my marriage and some other trips that I wanted to take that I need to go and get done while I'm young and I, before, before I start having children. And there's right. some other things I want to do that don't involve selling Cutco. And everybody was pretty much supportive of it. And that was just to sell five hundred and fifty thousand for the year, so that I could qualify to go on the national company trip for free, for my yep. husband and I. I was like, I want to. Once you qualify for trips at, for free, Dan, you don't really want to go back to paying for them. So
1: <laughs> I, I understand.
0: <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay, I just want to qualify for the trip. So to to make it, it's not normally a salesperson's goal to sell less, but you know, this year before I even knew that. Um, the pandemic was going to be what it was going to be. And we were going to have events cancel left and right. I was very intentional. I'm going to travel less. I'm going to work less, but I'm going to find a way to profit more. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it. It was, this is about supporting my family and supporting my lifestyle, not just selling another knife to sell another knife. Right, And I think when people owning businesses get to that point where they really put their goals into a reality check of why am I doing this? What's my mission? What's, how is this helping and serving others, not just myself? And so that was the goal as of January 1, 2020. And then March 1, 2020 happened. I was so straightforward. I'm going to travel less, this, that, and the other. And my mom said something to me. She says, honey, Sometimes God wants you to be still and when you don't know how to be still He'll steal you (laughs) Mm. And i'm a go 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 person those that know me I am You know fly by the seat of my pants most days. I'm like the duck on top of water I am go 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 and I somehow find a way to get it all done It's not always pretty, but I get it done. I get the job done and I usually do it really well but around march you know, my mom gave me that advice she says, sometimes it's important for us just to realize it's that being still is not so bad. And when the pandemic hit, that's really hard for a top performing salesperson to say, what do you mean? I can't go to work. What do you mean? I can't go sell. What do you mean? I can't high five and handshake my customers. That was what I missed the most was mm-hmm. the handshakes and the high fives. And so for March, April, May, I would say, more than 90% of the events that I sell at, that I lead generate at, that I produce income at, were completely gone. Right. And uh, some people, they look and they go, well, how do you create when there's nothing to create at? And so for me, it became a moment in time for me to be still and get serious about what really mattered. I was able to dive deep into my relationships, travel a little bit with the time off. But while I was doing all of that and prioritizing those relationships and that quality time with family and friends, my hours still happened. I still showed up to work every day at my kitchen table with a cup of coffee, sometimes multiple. I still opened up that desktop every day and pushed my cat off the keyboard. <laughs> that was, that was everybody complains about homeschooling kids, but I think the biggest issue I had was the cat walking across <laughs> the keyboard. So I don't have as big of problems as those that are parents. I eventually want to be a parent, but it's interesting that I just continued to show up and I was able to clean so many things up in my database. And I was able to have more impactful conversations with customers that I had not talked to in years just by calling and updating their email or their cell phone number that was out of date and asking them how they were doing. You know, I, I sent a a check-in text and a check-in phone call to every customer. We sat down and just kind of every day would make 20 touches, 30 touches. And it was not, Hey, what do you want to buy? It was, Hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, how the heck are you? And, and that level of connection has made me so much more deeply even connected to my customers this year so that when events came back a little bit in june july august people were actually coming back out a little bit the reins were loosening on events and uh people showed up differently Hmm. you know they showed up to events differently they showed up to me differently and i think a part of that was because of the deeper connection that was made in the months where we had to do things differently
1: yeah does that make sense it does and i love how you pivoted in that way you know from the you know sort of aggressive pursuit of sales and leads and just kind of moving your business forward in that manner to something that a lot of people maybe neglect or don't don't uh do as well as they can which is the relationship building side of the business because you're here for the long haul your relationships with your customers are hugely significant for your long term results. And you invested in that area for a few months, and that became extremely valuable to you. So it's, it's just cool to hear how you did that.
0: You know, it's also important to, to note that as a business owner, you know, I, I'm, I'm more than a salesperson. And when, when someone gets to the point in whatever business or job they have, and they start mm-hmm. to view themselves as an actual, not just entrepreneur, but a business owner. You look at those P&Ls, Dan, (laughs) you look at those profits and losses and 2019 was an epic year. Sales were great. I had a wonderful lifestyle. There are no complaints from from me about 2019, but throughout 2020, there's been a lot of loss, but there has been 10 times more that I'm grateful for. Mm. And I look at March. Down a little bit in sales. April down a little bit in sales. But if you look at every single other month of my year, I was up in sales. Yeah. Um, and I look at March and April, and I actually don't see it as a, you know, pandemic made me, you know, stop. I, I look at it as uh, that was intentional. Everything happened for a reason, and it was all intentional.
1: Yeah, and and the goal was five fifty for the year, as you stated. And you have exceeded your goal as of right now already you're well over six hundred thousand and continuing to rise that up here throughout the month of December. What else do you think has helped you have such a great year?
0: You know this would be an incomplete discussion if I didn't give a shout out to probably the two most important people in my life and uh, the first I'm a christian and I don't want to make your podcast anything more than you know what it's about, but I think your podcast is about the lives and it's about the people and in my life, I believe that blessings flow from one place, and I don't want to go any further without saying that God's blessed me. I show up every day, but the good Lord has blessed me, and I am so grateful for that and this year, I have gotten more in tune with my faith than I've actually been the last probably three to five years. There's been a lot of leaning and a lot of a lot more communication. So I, I want to say that. That's where some of my inspiration comes. That's where a lot of my inspiration comes, um, taking those moments to have quiet time and start your day off right. And then also, I got married a couple years ago. Uh, Roger and I just celebrated our third year wedding anniversary. And You know, he was an instrumental part in why I had the goal I had at the beginning of 2020. You look back on an epic sales year, my best year ever. But if you're gone the whole time, you miss your spouse, Mm -hmm. uh, you miss your family. And when I did a lot of reflecting at the end of 2019, I said, you know, I worked hard. I created, I sold a lot. I was a top rep in the company, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. Now roger and I are fine. We were fine last year. I don't want anyone to worry. We're good He's my best friend and he's my person on this earth. He's the person I knew When we were just friends and when we started dating that if I had an awful day He's the first one I want to call and tell about it if I had a great day He's the first one I wanted to call and tell about it and I just hope and pray that anyone listening to this call Gets that decision right, you know in your life it's one thing to decide where are you going to work and where you want to be. But I'm telling you right now, if you pick the wrong spouse, that can mess up a lot of other areas of your life. And I'm grateful to say that, you know, God presented me with the opportunity of the right spouse and I picked him. And Roger is that person for me. He, if I was to describe him, he calibrates me. When I'm about to go off kilter, he has a way of picking me up off my pedestal, humbling me and helping me see it with clearer eyes and giving me different perspective. I don't always like it in the moment when he does it, but um, he's that person for me and I get so much inspiration from him.
1: Mm, That's awesome to hear. Very cool. And congratulations. And it's just, uh, uh, as you said, you've been blessed in so many ways. I mean, uh, going back to your family background and the blessings that have come from your mom and dad and your and your siblings and then the blessing of being able to have found this this crazy knife job and ended up you know navigating through that crazy first month to actually make it into training and get started and then all the whole path along the way it's been uh it's been really a blessing all along the way for you so that's great to hear tell us about the Uh, philosophy you have around customer service, because you've really built these great customer relationships. And I know that also like service events is a big part of what you do, how you lead, you know, you lead and teach people in the, in Texoma and in the Southwest uh, region. What's your philosophy around customer service?
0: Well, the first philosophy I think is, is in the name, Dan, customer service, the customer is first. Service looks a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. We serve by helping them get more cutco. We serve by sharpening a knife that has dulled on them, right? But I think it goes deeper than that. And I'd like to answer your question with just a simple story that embodies how I've tried to treat customers and serving them. Great. There, I, I actually sell Cutco, one of the programs that I'm a part of is, is business and uh, real estate gifting, closing gifts. So um, someone who owns a, a business and has a logo, we engrave it right on the knife and we sell these gifts, these knife presents, if you will, as uh, bulk orders that they can give to all of their employees or all of their, their clients to show their appreciation by giving them a high quality American product. Well, I had this gold client, if you will, um, someone that I consider gold. She's amazing. She buys lots of knives from me. We have a wonderful relationship. And she submitted uh, an order. I missed it. Didn't see the email. And days went by. Hey, where are my knives? Oh, my goodness. We missed this. I send it over to my assistant. And it doesn't matter what the mistake was, but the assistant made a mistake. Then we send it over to the engraver. And the engraver made a mistake. Then we ship it and UPS sends it to the wrong address. Mm. So this woman has experienced four, not just three, two or three, four mistakes just to get a simple reorder of gifts. And all it really came down to, Dan, when you talk about customer service is customers don't want to hear excuses. They don't want to hear an explanation of what happened or what went wrong. And I picked up the phone and I called the customer and I humbled myself and I had a hard conversation and I just said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm not calling you to give you an excuse. I'm not calling you to give you an explanation. All you need to know is that multiple balls were dropped. And I know that I am the face that you see between you and a finished product. And we failed you. And we recognize that and we own it. And there's a phrase that I I teach anyone, colleagues that I work with, when mistakes happen and balls get dropped, when it comes to customer service, the thing you have to explain to customers and embody, it's not just saying this to a customer, it's actually living it. You can't promise a customer in business that things will go 100% right all the time. But if given the chance, you will make it right 100% Mm -hmm. of the time. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So if a ball is ever dropped in my my business and when it comes to customer service, that's what it's about to me. It's like, if you mess up, take full ownership of it. That That's the Marine in me from my dad, you know, own it fully own that it was your fault and apologize. Don't make excuses. What people really want to see when it comes to service is that if you do have a mistake, you're willing to make it right and you're willing to pivot and move forward better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So for me, I do a lot of service events. Um, I invite customers to those service events. And, you know, sometimes it takes way too long for their knives to get sharpened to get back to them. Treating every single customer when it comes to service, like they're the best one, they're your favorite one. And we all know that in business, there's lots of customers. They're not the only one, but still treating them that way, it can go miles. So that's kind of how I do it.
1: Love it. That's awesome. And and I assume that you do a tremendous job of bringing your philosophies and bringing your skills and just bringing your positive example to the other CSPs in your division and throughout the Southwest region, right? Is this something that's a part of what you do?
0: Yeah. I think the word that you're kind of naming there that's coming to my mind is standards. What are your standards? And we talk a lot about that in our local team um, that we all work, you know, these large events like the State Fair of Texas and, you know, just big, big events. We talk about standards a lot. And what are those standards? You know, I, someone that I, I, I love and admire, he may not even know, I don't know if he'd ever hear something like this, but Gary Keller, owner of Keller Williams Realty, wrote a book and he actually has a quote that I've never forgotten and I, I try to embody it. It's the quote where Gary Keller actually says, you know, there is no such thing as a minimum standard. You either have a standard or you don't. Mm -hmm. And so I think there, there are a lot of people in society that have a contingency plan or a fallback or a plan B. And when it comes to service first and standards and, you know, being our best all the time, showing up our best all the time there is no such thing as a minimum standard. What are your standards? Just name them and stick to them.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent stuff. As you look uh, towards next year and beyond, um, what are you most excited about first off uh, in the vector business?
0: Oh, man. Uh, Hopefully 2021 doesn't have her panties in a wad, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, maybe she'll switch it out some yoga pants or something. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, That's a joke. Uh, 2021, what am I looking most forward to? My husband and I, Roger, are under contract on a house right now. So our closing is set for the end of the year. Um, We're very excited about being in a new home and with a little more space and a home office. We're excited about that. And uh, having that new space will will probably ignite new creativity. So I look forward in 2021 to, regardless of what the world hands us, of continuing to be creative, um, continuing to find other ways to serve our customers, continuing to sell cuckoo, but to do it in a very fun, joyful way that attracts more people to us and go from there.
1: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I know that you're doing this in a variety of ways. You engage in the federal program, military bases, as you've described. You engage in the fairs, like the uh, Texas State Fair you described. You engage in the CGC or Realtor Gift Program. You do service events. I mean, you really have all the plates spinning.
0: I do all spinning. of that. I do all
1: yeah, of that. <laughs> I think you do. That's, that's what I've heard. So you've got all the plates spinning. And it's just a great example, great model for uh, you know, elite Cutco reps to be able to follow.
0: Yeah, I kind of am a jack of all trades. What is that phrase they say? Jack of all trades, master of none.
2: Master of none. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, <laughs> I don't. I don't really believe in that because <laughs> I think how you do anything is how you do everything.
2: Yeah, um, indeed. You look
0: at you. Look at the inside of someone's car, and I probably know how they keep the inside of their house. If you look at you know the inside of someone's closet, and that's probably how they run their business. You know, so. No judgments, sorry, <laughs> but I do believe that. I believe how you do anything is how you do everything, and I actually love that you brought that up because I, I love, I love selling Cutco residentially. I, I love going to a customer's house and having coffee. I, I went to a customer's house yesterday morning. She could not get on base, and my business partner said to me, "Don't you just want to pass that lead off to someone else? They'll go sharpen the knives for you. It, you know, you don't. It, it's it's not worth your time." And I went, "Of course, it's worth my time." She gave me free coffee. We, we high-fived. We hugged because she's a hugger, even though it's a pandemic. And she bought a bunch more knives. And she needed that exceptional customer service. I love the in-home. I love standing in a booth and, and calling people over in a funny way, telling them, sir, you dropped it. Your smile. <laughs> they look down and they pick it up. And Guys are walking by and you're like, how about a sharp knife for a sharp guy? And they go, me? And you go, no, sir, not you. That guy way over there. (laughs) You know, just having fun with it and doing the realtor thing. Like I'm in the middle of the holidays right now. I'm running my annual holiday sale. So realtors are calling me left and right going, I need gifts. I need gifts. I'm like, oh my God, you waited till the last day. Why? Why do realtors always wait till the last day, Dan? (laughs) Why do they wait till (laughs) the last day? I just, I love doing all the programs. Really, Dan? to put a pretty bow on that concept. Because when one area of the business isn't firing, another area of the business is firing. Uh, I feel like it's given me a lot of stability, even in a pandemic year and throughout my whole career. So yeah. and it keeps me invigorized and keeps me engaged.
1: And and we've recorded this today from a military base. You're, you're outside in San Antonio, Texas, at yeah. a base there, right? And you're such I a am. fan... And you're such a fan of tailgating that you're literally sitting in your tailgate right now as we're doing. I literally the
0: have the door propped open. I have the door propped open on the SUV, and we're recording this while I'm just hanging my foot out the side. So, outside. <laughs> yeah, <all>
1: well, <laughs> well, yeah. On, on that note, let me ask you just to wrap up here. What do you think of Alabama's chances in the month ahead?
0: I'm going to say that we've come a long way, Dan. Uh, this time last year, I was in Germany selling Cutco on a military base, and Alabama got their tail handed to them by LSU. I was in the back seat at 1 in the morning crying on the way home because Alabama lost to LSU. <laughs> and I just want to say we played LSU last weekend, and everybody, if you don't know the score, we got even.
1: Alabama covered the 29.5-point spread. I can at least tell you that right now. Hey,
0: there. <laughs> I- I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Roll Tide to the day I die.
1: They are looking good. Could be another national championship uh, in the cards here uh, in just a few weeks. So anyway, Chelsea, this has been awesome. I've enjoyed getting to know you and your story and hearing some of your, your background and your examples. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and I really appreciate uh, you making time for the podcast.
0: Hey, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Let's talk again tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Chelsea Rodriguez, everyone, what a refreshing conversation that was so much fun for me to have had. Cool to hear about Chelsea's background and the roots of her life and her success and what she got from her mom and dad, the gift of gab from her mom and connection, skills of connection. And then, of course, all of the traits surrounding discipline and ownership and work ethic that she learned from her uh, Marine father. So cool. She described this idea of taking ownership in life, showing up, right? How schedule is the king. And these are certainly a major piece in being successful at anything. Don't kid yourself and think that that is what is all that Chelsea has because she has much more than that as far as as far as having put in the work to learn and grow and get good at what she does. In addition to the work ethic, she's got the full package. Chelsea described a story of a customer. And it just reminds me of uh, a lesson that I've shared over the years, which is the paradox of customer service. And the paradox is that You actually have a better opportunity to build a long-term relationship with a customer when something goes wrong than you do when everything always goes according to plan. Now, this is certainly not to say mess stuff up on purpose. That's silly. But when something goes wrong, what happens is your character is revealed by the way you handle it. And that revelation of your character is one of the most important reasons why someone stays with you long-term as a customer, as a supporter. Chelsea stepped up in that moment, took ownership, admitted her mistake, solved the problem, I'm sure, to the customer's liking, and won over that person for the long-term. That is an important idea as it relates to customer service. The last thing I want to say is that Chelsea described that she has been truly blessed in her life. And if you're listening to this podcast, you have to. And I just think it's so important to evaluate and look at all the blessings that you have. Realize all those blessings. Embrace all those blessings. Be grateful for all those blessings because it puts a perspective on the minor challenges that come our way from time to time. and that's something that can make you live happier and more fulfilled when you capture and embrace and are grateful for all the blessings. Thank you. I feel blessed to be able to have this audience to share with. I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this podcast today. Please share it with others if you like it. And I appreciate your support. If getting and staying healthy is a part of your daily routine, you've got to try Organifi, the cut-co of superfood blends. Their green juice blend is made with 11 all-natural organic superfoods. You just mix it with water when you're ready to drink. And their gold tea is my new favorite. It's perfect for nighttime as it helps you sleep and it boosts your immunity. You can check out the full line of their products at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. You get 15% off everything that they carry by using the discount code CLSK. Try out something from Organifi today and enter CLSK when you check out to get that discount on anything you order. Again, go to Organifi dot com. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast.